In today's gospel, we jumped ahead a little bit of where we were last week. Last week, Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of heaven in parables. And today, we pick things up with Jesus retreating in a boat. In between today and last week, if you're reading in between those two stories, there is the beheading of John the Baptist. John was a giant among the people connected to Jesus in all of the gospel accounts. And it is upon hearing this dreadful news that Jesus retreats to a deserted place by himself. I'm in no position to say exactly what was going on in Jesus' mind at this point, but I'm sure it was distressing, painful news. And he retreats to be alone, away from the crowds. Yet the crowds do not leave Jesus alone. They keep pursuing Jesus, many seeking to be healed. And in response to the crowds, Jesus has compassion. He's undeterred by human failure. Human failure that brings about things such as the murder of John the Baptist. Rather, he is moved by compassion for all in need, providing for those most basic necessities, our health and sustenance. The story we have, the feeding of the five thousand is a familiar story we're all familiar with it my wife asked me last night what's the gospel tomorrow i said the feeding of the five thousand she says oh and immediately the picture pops into her mind and i'm sure that happens with many and it's the idea that jesus blesses the food and then there's an abundance and it's we focus on the miracle that jesus does but notice the means through which jesus is working includes those who follow him includes the disciples. They need not go away, Jesus tells his disciples. You feed them. And the disciples do what we all do. They become anxious when Jesus calls them in this manner. How in the world can we feed them? We have not enough provisions. Yet Jesus blesses the food and gives it to the disciples. The disciples take the food and feed the masses. The disciples serve the crowd. It is something similar to what happens here each week. We come in here, we look at the problems of the world, and somewhere deep inside us, Jesus speaks, feed them, care for them, clothe them, provide shelter. We then partake in the Eucharistic feast, with the idea that we will then go out through these doors to help Jesus Christ provide for the basic needs of others. Anxious though we may be, we are nourished by God in Christ, and we take that nourishment and become resources for God. When we do this, when we respond in this manner, becoming God's resources in the world, we catch little glimpses of God's kingdom. This past week, I was in Tennessee with 13 other students and chaperones from All Saints. We got back home yesterday afternoon, and we were working at Appalachia Service Project, one of the sites uh, in Scott County, Tennessee, northern Tennessee, north of Knoxville, 
right along the Kentucky-Tennessee border. It's a beautiful and heavily forested area. It also has a poverty rate of about 25%, a median household income of less than $29,000 per year per household, and only 8% of the population has a college degree. There's also a rampant drug problem in the area, particularly methamphetamines, lots of meth labs. Many of the homes are in disrepair. Many of the homes are trailers in disrepair. Yet, many of the people we encountered were strong in faith and continued to pursue Jesus in the same manner as those crowds on the shoreline. We went up to work on houses in hopes of helping to provide a basic human need, the need for decent shelter. There were over 60 people at our work camp. And uh, like I said, there were about 14 of us, which means there's two other groups, about 45 plus other students and chaperones there, Methodists and Lutherans, and we all got along quite well. I like the Lutherans. And uh, we were in the seventh week of an eight-week season for Appalachia Service Project. And our group, the All Saints folks, worked on two different homes. One home belonged to a young couple raising four children. And they were sharing, I believe, one bedroom and one bathroom. And I believe it was a trailer home that they were building out upon. And the other home was a family for three. The, the husband had a job once upon a time as a computer programmer before being diagnosed with throat cancer. He, d he did not have health insurance and lost everything in order to stay alive. And now he and his wife live with their son in a home with a leaky roof, damaged floors, rotted stairs, among other issues. Their son is not their birth son, but the son of one of the foster children they once had under their house. And that... Uh, foster child gave birth to their now son when she was 12 and addicted to drugs. These were houses that I believe nobody here in this parish would live in. These are lives that many of us, at least those of us who went to Tennessee, would consider very different from ours. We talk a lot about the other here and you hear it in sermons, you hear it in Sunday school, when we are trying to politely name those different from us. And at first, it seemed like we were with the other. And I do not mean that in a mean-spirited sense, but it's the truth. Yet there we were, answering some sort of call to serve, to help provide basic necessities. We were anxious at first, for sure. How in the world could we provide? If the 12 disciples lacked the provisions to feed the crowds, I promise you the 14 from All Saints lacked the experience and know-how to do major home repairs. <laughs> Yet Jesus, who blessed the food that would feed the masses, who is present in our Eucharist and our worship each week, also blessed us and continues to bless us. We spent the week putting down new floors, building stairs, putting in new insulation, 
putting up drywall, and even painting. And we were helping provide for the basic human need of shelter. And this goes on each week at ASP. Students and chaperones from all over the country, from many different denominational stripes, respond to Jesus' command to help meet the needs of our neighbors, despite what I promise you is organized chaos throughout the week. It somehow gets done. And this is all well and good, but there's something more that happens through all this, something more than home repair. Relationships are forged, and hope grows in the midst of all this. Each day, volunteers would share lunches with the families. Conversations would take place. Stories were shared. Understanding and trust were built. Each day, volunteers would spend time with the children of these homes, providing much-needed attention and affection for the young ones. And it also provided a much-needed break for the volunteers who worked very, very hard. Each day, families would find some sense of hope in this giving from the community around them. And the volunteers, many of whom already have a sense of brokenness as teenagers, would find some measure of worth and healing in the process of working and serving others. We became less fractured and more whole individually and corporately. By midweek, it was easy to see the way things were beginning to take shape. We had a big evening picnic. All the volunteers and staff got together for a meal out in the uh, mountains near the big South Fork River. We invited the families of our homes, many of whom showed up, and we broke bread. And as I looked around at the beautiful mountain scenery with the lush green trees around us and the beautiful grass, and the children playing with the volunteers, and the homeowners who were smiling and talking with the many who came to serve them. And we listened to this beautiful music being played on the fiddle. I can see that the people we once considered the other seemed less like the other and more like our own, less like distant neighbors and more like family. And taking it all in, I thought, you know, when God's done recreating the world, I think it's going to look something like this. To me, it was something of a glimpse of the kingdom. Christ was at work in all of us. Jesus Christ continues to be undeterred by our failure. Jesus continues to show compassion for the human family and continues to call upon his disciples to be the agents of change. We are those disciples. And there is still so much to be done. Come to the table. Come to the table. Partake in Holy Communion and hear the call. There are many ways to respond. 
we need not all swing a hammer. But in our response, the compassion of Christ will overcome our fear, our inadequacies, and God's kingdom will be all around us.